Salty Dogs Podcast. Mm. Salty Dogs. Casey's salty, bro. Are you salty? I'm not salty. I'm all good. Are you? I'm caffeinated, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we ought to start these things after I finish my grande bold and a venti cup with five sugars and half and half. Ooh. Yeah, I go hard. I'm a, I'm a Starbucks girl. I don't even, I don't even know what that means. Let's dive in, man. We're talking about holiness I today. I want to do a jackknife for a cannonball. I don't really want to dive. You want a jackknife right in? Yeah. Is that a diving term? It a is. A jackknife? Yeah, bro. I don't know that I ever jackknifed. <laughs> Jack, jackknifed. Don't ask me the specifics of it, but I do know it's a real thing. A cannonball? It's a thing. A jackknife? Yeah. Okay. Jackknife. Or maybe it's called a jackknife cannonball. That sounds a little bit too technical. Does it? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know where you grew up. We didn't have pools in the hood, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I didn't live in a a neighborhood where. Yeah. Well, we had a gated pool in our community. So, yeah. Keep out riffraff from the hood like you. you. Let's uh, let's we won't talk about privilege today. (laughs) (laughs) Holiness. Privilege. Holiness. 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 We need to talk about holiness. It's true. Yeah, so here's here's what we want to do today. We want to want to talk about what Scripture has to say about holiness, um, as far as self, you know, who we are in Christ, and um, also the church being holy. And so, hmm. I mean, I guess my where I where I would start in talking about holiness is just being. I mean. The word itself means separate, right? Separated. Uh, well, yeah. There's a few. There's a few um, definitions here. Let me let me see. Um, uh, sacred, pure, blameless, or religious. Uh, consecrated. Consecrated. Is, yeah, yeah. There's there's the the separated. There's the real one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've I I've kind of leaned on this teaching often when I, um, you know talk to the body, you know, at the source, we, we talk about mm-hmm. being the church. And so Jesus, when he used that word, that term ecclesia or ecclesia, however you want to say it. Mm. Um, and he used that term. He said, and I will build my ecclesia. He's saying like, I'm going to build my, my people. And at the essence of that, it is a people separated, um, brought out from and into, right? So it's a, it's a people that God has, by his Holy Spirit, called into Christ. And so he's calling them out of the world and, and into the body of Christ. And so there's a then a dividing, there's a separation of a people from the world. Right. And so, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and so I, I liken that to, you know, the story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt and yep. into. So it's out of slavery, bondage, and yep. into the promise, which is That's right. Christ. Christ, yep. yep. So. Yeah. Colossians three twelve says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, you know, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um, there's the other scripture that says you're a chosen generation, mm. a, a royal, royal priesthood. priesthood, right? There's a version that also says a peculiar, peculiar, yep. peculiar people. Peculiar people. Yeah. So we're a, a holy nation. We're a set apart sanctified, cut off from the world, um, or cut out of the world, not cut off from, we're cut out of the world, 
and put into the kingdom of God. And that's a big deal too, to know that, to know that we are, we've been moved from one mentality of thinking and living. And we've been removed from one reality, which is a false reality. Right. Right. And brought into a new reality, which is the kingdom of God. And so Jesus then comes and says the kingdom of God is like, because he's teaching a new reality yeah. for people who know the Lord. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, and that's got everything to do with identity, you know, chosen. Hey, yeah. look, and, and he lets you know, bro, you've been, you've been chosen. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and if you think about it in terms of, you know, I think some, oftentimes we think too little of God. I think that we, we condense him down to what, what we by by and large, what we really, we read in scripture, which is the foundation of, of, of the things that we, that we, you know, we know about God and we think about God. But I think sometimes that we forget that God is still moving, you know, and, and, yeah. and that uh, in our personal life to be able to, to connect with him and to understand him as he reveals himself to us. Right. So when we think about that, when we think about who God is, when we think about how completely out of this world and separate from this, and he is so separate that the separateness can't even be known until we reach it. You know yeah. what I mean? And so with that, prefaced (laughs) that preface yeah uh, you know when he says i've chosen you you know what i mean that should give us the that 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 jumping off the platform right that 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 place where we begin you know this new walk this new uh reality as you were saying right that which is the true reality because this and this things that we see around us man this is this isn't the true reality. The true reality is where God lives right now. And so bringing that kingdom, right? Kingdom, yeah. your kingdom into come. our yeah. life, right? Into which our is, life. Which yeah. is making, so which is bringing the real reality into yeah. this. Into this. It, it's an impartation of truth, right? So Jesus said that the kingdom of God is among you or mm. the kingdom of God is within you. Right. And scripture also says that out of us will flow rivers of, so within us, Right, God comes and takes His seat. His Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us, mm. right, in our inner man. But then from that, the kingdom of God is brought to the earth. Yeah, and just and I mean, with that thought, what it, that's exactly what Jesus did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what He had, right? The Spirit dwelling within Him and Him bringing that through to the people that were around him saying, Mm -hmm. look, the kingdom has come because the truth has come. The truth is here. And so when truth Mm -hmm. breaks into people's lives, that's the reality of the kingdom breaking into. kingdom coming. Yeah. Yeah. Your kingdom come is truth being administered Mm. and imparted into the world. And Jesus did that with grace and truth, Mm. right? So he brought both through grace and truth. And so when he came to usher in the kingdom, he said, I come and I give you a new command. Right. Right. And you know, which is so weird, man, because sometimes people say, oh, well, you know, Jesus didn't he didn't change. Here we go, folks. He didn't change things from the old from the old. Yeah, he did. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He came. I give you a new commandment. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I I just think I always thought that was interesting how people said, no, he just he was he was coming into alignment just in a different or, you know, however they think about Jesus and what he spoke when it was sometimes it when you look at it, it wasn't. You know, it's like, oh, well, you heard it. You heard it said. You've heard it said. But, but now I tell you. you yeah. And well, so, in that in that case, he was kind of shedding a little more light on the matter because man light, and their yeah. darkened, veiled understanding of truth. Ah, yeah. Right. But yeah, he said, I love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and strength. Right. 
and then love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus came and the way that he's ushered in the kingdom is through displaying the love of God through his actions toward man. Mm. Right. And so think about that, that the best way for us to display the kingdom of God in this world is to is through interaction and relationship with man. Absolutely. And so we have, yeah. It's, and so it's not it's not a separate as in you're better than, you know. Yeah, uh, exactly. It, uh, it separates yourself from exactly. the world and don't be in it and a part of it. It's like, no, no, you're, you're, you're we are where we are, you know, yeah. although we're exiles in this world, you know, mm-hmm. this is not our home, right? Yeah. This is this is not our permanent dwelling place. You know, we, we, we dwell in another place and we, we are a part of a kingdom that's not of this world. And so, but, but just like you were saying, man, among people, dwelling with people, Jesus, you know, except for the times that he got alone with the Father, I and mean, that's another, that's a whole other thing right yeah. there, but, but he was, he was with those people all the time. Yeah. He was with he got the people of the world all the time. Among the people. But he was always changing the environment around him. He was not letting the environment around him change him. He yeah. was secured. He was walking in that security at all times and so yeah. and so I look at that and I look at and I look at the way that Jesus lived his life and Jesus is like man greater things will you do right and we have access to live the life that Jesus lived to live that way and I don't and I look around and and this is just from the biblical you know from the book of acts and 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 things like that I do not I, I see huge discrepancies in my and let me say this mm-hmm. in my life yeah. and in our personal lives, but also in, in, in the life of the church, man. Because mm-hmm. I I look around and I don't see anything for the most part that that resembles the, the, what it was some, like but not then. all. Some, but not all. Sure. And even then, you know what I mean. I, it causes me to question some certain things. Like, yeah. Gosh, man. Like, is this real, man? Because I, what I don't want, I don't want you know us to be creating our own identities and then just have Christianity as a part of that identity, but rather mm, that yeah. should be our entire identity, you know? And so we have an identity crisis, I think with, with a lot of Christians Absolutely. and, and, you know, and, and, and in my life and, you know, we have yeah. been talking about this where I just, you know, I came to Jason's house, uh, you know, I think it was last week and the weekend before that. And I was just like, man, like I just came to this realization of the falseness in my life. Right. And, mm. and, uh, living in falseness and wondering and, and this, this internal struggle of why my life does not reflect what I believe. Right. And so, you know, in the, a good person out of the treasures in his heart gives, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and so it's like, man, like what, what's where, going on? Where am I going wrong? Yeah. You know? And, so yeah. so anyway. Well, the good I I would say the good news is is that first recognizing a discrepancy, right? Because does the prideful man know that he's prideful? Yeah. Or does the blind man know he's blind? Mm. And so the Holy Spirit moving and working in you and obviously in myself to to show us the discrepancies because the Holy Spirit wants to bring us in line. Mm-hmm. He does. He wants to bring us in line with the truth of the word and the truth of who Christ is. Right. So we, what we really need to understand is that the word will trans it's transforming us and changing us, right? The Holy spirit is transforming us, changing us into the likeness of Christ. And so that's a lifelong thing. So holiness back to holiness is a, is a lifelong thing, but to know that God is working in us and moving us in that direction. um, And ultimately it's, it's to look like Jesus. So the more that, 
I come into alignment with what scripture has to say about who Christ is and, and who we should be as a holy people, as a chosen nation, the, the more I look like Christ, not the more I look like the Bible, right? right, right. It's all about Jesus he's, right. and who he came to be. And so that's, um, that's a big deal to know that um, that work's happening in us and the process of sanctification. And the pro- yeah, the process of sanctification. Gosh, and that's so trippy too. You are, we are saved, being saved, right? And we'll be and saved. It, and we'll, we'll be saved. Yeah. And so when you think of that, you yeah. know, and, and I just, I, I had read some really interesting stuff and, and pondered some really interesting things that positionally we are. Oh yeah. In a different reality right now. We're so, seated with Christ in the heavens. We are, because, yeah. and, and this all has to do with the timeline of God, right? Which is God is outside of, of time, right? Mm-hmm. So he exists in the beginning and the end because time is in his hand. Beginning mm-hmm. and end and all throughout is, is found inside of him. So he is living the past, present, and future all at the same time. He's living mm-hmm. my heavenly days right <laughs> now. That was um, my mind yeah, being right? So positionally right now, I'm living in an existence that I have not, that hasn't been manifested yet at, at, in the, with, within my linearly time, right where, within my time frame I have not but I already am and so what does that you know that process bringing where I already am seated mm-hmm. with Christ to my reality to now, your reality to my, yeah. exactly and so, yeah and and interestingly that that happens through the Holy Spirit meeting mm-hmm. your and that I mean gosh we can go so many different ways with this but yeah. that is having your your body and soul come into alignment with what is true in the spirit, Mm. which oftentimes we get it backwards, right? We live by faith, not by sight. Oftentimes we try and live by works. Well, what do I need to do for my life to look like I'm living that truth? And then we put all of the pressure on self. Stipulations. Yeah. Well, if I can just do these things, well, then I will achieve what the scripture says about me. What is that? Dude, that's law. It's works. It works. And it comes comes with a curse, which is knowing that you're not Mm -hmm. good enough, right? It creates an anxiety. It creates its own anxiety. The the standard and the, and that God sets creates its own anxiety when we're living under that and not, and not, seated with Christ who has already completed the, that mm-hmm. for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So where are we dwelling? Are we, am I dwelling in, sure. in the understanding that I'm in Christ and letting it be what it is, man? You know, yeah. that, that, oh gosh, you know, mm-hmm. and where, where do we find rest? That, that Enter rest. into that rest. Right. And so, and I literally just opened that, my Bible up to that. I will give you rest, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and so we find that rest from all of that stipulation, from all of that standard, from all of the law, we find the rest and the burdening, the unyoking. We yoke yeah. up with Christ, you know what I mean? Because he shoulders all of that and he shouldered all of that, man. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, man. You know, and just talking about that right now, what he did, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and how huge that is for us, you know, but he, yeah, implications so, that, mm-hmm. that for so our he mind. did it. He I mean, did he, it, baby. He, he did, did it, baby. Yeah. I remember very closely or very clearly I was driving down the freeway one day and I just, in my mind just began to think, you know, I was allowing guilt and shame just to like come over me, you know, and, and I start praying and I come to God. And and the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, man, God, I know I haven't prayed lately. God, I know I haven't been reading my Bible. And, and it was like the Lord rebuked me and said, you need to focus more on what Jesus did than coming to me with the things that you have or haven't done. Gosh. Yeah. And I was like, that is the gospel. It is the gospel, man. That's the the gospel. The good news is that he did it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he overcame, man, and he did it. Like yeah. what a what a glorious, magnificent, and the strength that he had to pull that off, man. Can mm-hmm. you imagine? 
And it wasn't just, oh, I did it at the cross. He did it every day of his life, endured more temptation, more, more pull from the world, more, the, the enemy was, I mean, can you imagine the enemy knowing who he was and every day of Jesus's life enduring the hardest temptation man has Mm -hmm. ever known? And that was every single day. We haven't experienced anything like he ever experienced. Is it James that says each man is tempted, Right. For God does not tempt, but each man is tempted when he's dragged away by his own evil desires and enticed, mm-hmm. right? But Jesus, Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit led Jesus to be into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil mm. himself. Mm. I mean, face to face, dude. Can face to know? face. I mean, face to face. Yeah. Not, so, I mean, it begs the question, how often are we really tempted by Satan versus how much are we tempted by self? But in, in with that in mind, the temptation that we endure, how much have we really felt in comparison to what Christ has felt, right? In Hebrews, it then goes on to say, Hebrews 12, it says, for you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood. Yeah, man. And Jesus resisted the entire way. The whole way. I mean, he the whole way he led the resistance, man. The whole way <laughs> he's still Viva the, la resistance. <laughs> I mean, can, uh, I think about it, man, and it almost causes me to tears right now. You know what I mean? Just knowing, man, he. I mean, yeah. to, he fought to the death, mm-hmm. man. You know, all the way to the death, and then yeah. and then into 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 hell itself. You know what I mean? Freaking victory, dude! All day, there's yeah. no end to Defeated his victory. Satan you know what I mean? Yeah, defeated death. Oh, oh, death, where's thy sting, right? And so, and draw, drawing out of that should give us the source of our daily life in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the understanding of what he did and the understanding well, of, of how dedicated he was to the Father, right? But he had that dedication because of the revelation, because he knew who God was, and that was the driving force of everything he did. He knew God relationship. so, rela- he was relationally so in tune with the Father that nothing else could ever give him any he satisfaction. Would. He wasn't. Nothing. I do only what I see distracted. the Father doing. He wasn't, man. I mean, he had. He was mission minded. You know what I mean. And so I look at my life, and I'm like, mm-hmm. man. And it causes me to. And it causes me to think, man. Do I know? Have I had a clear revelation of God of the, the Father. Father in my life? Because if I had, or if I have, then that would be just knowing even a, an inch of Him. You know would would propel my life into a state of holiness not because oh i have to be holy because man because i know how holy he is sure. and that should be the driving but it, force and to address that is that it is happening it but is. Uh, but i th- i just think sometimes we think it doesn't happen as fast as we would like, well, it, we to. Would like it to yeah so what i'm glad we went this route because you talked about or we're talking about the sacrifice that jesus made undergoing temptation and carrying the weight of the world, carrying works, fulfilling the law, doing everything to the T, every dot, every tittle. He like did it right. He didn't miss anything. There was no sin. There was only perfection from Christ. There was only perfect holiness with his life lived out. He did nothing to sin, nothing to deserve death. Yet he did it perfectly and did it in a way that we would receive that gift of holiness. So we receive a gift of holiness. His righteousness is imparted to us as we believe in him. We believe in our heart, 
God raised him from the dead, confess with our mouth, we're saved. If we ask us, if we ask him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So then we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? So he did all of these things. And so think about then going back to holiness again, the price that was paid for our holiness, right? For us to be made holy as he's holy, to be seen right now in the presence of God, to stand before his throne in Christ and for him to say, though you were as crimson, you're white as snow. Mm-hmm. Like he paid the price for a holiness. He got, he got what he didn't deserve, i.e. what we deserve, which is, you know, the wrath of God, that, the wrath, that, yeah. you know, poured out, you know, against an unrighteous people. He got what he didn't deserve, what we deserve so that we could get what we didn't deserve, i.e. what he deserved, which mm-hmm. is that rightful seat in front of the father. And so yeah. the glory, this, this insane exchange, you know what I mean? Of God coming to where we were at because he loved us so much that he wasn't going to let us go, you know? Yeah. Like, gosh, even there's just the thought of that, you know what I mean? Like we don't deserve that, you know? Yeah, and people sure. think, you know, truth in these people's lives is, oh, well, you know, they all, they always ask the question, you know, they, oh, well, the old Testament God, the new Testament God, two separate people well you have to understand you know what what how holy he is to understand the gift that he gave you know so the old testament is a preface of 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 grace you know what i mean mm-hmm. you have to know how can you know how can you know how how much you've been pardoned if you don't know the crimes you've committed yeah you know and so it's just 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 this deep this deep depth of who god is and and what he's done is just, uh, yeah. And see, and so, and right now, I feel gratitude welling up in my spirit. You know what I mean? Just, I just, man, so grateful. You know, that I don't have to be blinded anymore. You know, and I don't have to be chained anymore. And so, I think that sometimes, often, when we're when we're in Christ, that we our mentality gets out of that. Right? We we start thinking about other things. We start thinking about the world, and we start gravitating back to to chains. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back to just like the Israelites. Well, why did you lead us out here to die? Why don't we just go back to <laughs> Let's Egypt? Let's go back to <laughs> Egypt. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So why do we do that? Why yeah. do we look back? You know, mm-hmm. no turning back. You know, I've decided to follow you. No turning back. There is no turning back. And I think that the internal pull within myself sometimes is, is like that want to go just look back, you know, and, and to, and to, and to, you know, those, those times where you felt alive you know what i mean you're like well why does it feel sometimes that i was more alive then than i am now and that shouldn't be so i try to think about that and ponder that and, and meditate on why i feel that way you know it's good so how do we how you talked so, about yeah the how so here's the how you know uh and i, and I go to first peter one thirteen, you know, which is the call to be holy. So let's just read it and and see where the Holy Spirit leads us. Which is therefore preparing your minds for action. Mm. That's what he. That's what he starts that whole thing out with. Preparing yeah. your mind for action and being sober minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. What were we just talking mm-hmm. about? Like oh like thinking back the yeah. passions of when I was ignorant, you know, when I didn't yeah. know the truth. Uh, um, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Right. And so to put that in context again is to be separate, to be different, mm-hmm. to be, and ultimately to be righteous, perfectly righteous and moral 
and loving and full of grace, all those things who God is as a person Mm -hmm. to live that out. But we don't do that by just trying harder, right? We do that by allowing the the Holy Holy Spirit and that, yeah, that understanding of who God is. And the, I mean, really what it boils down to is the spirit of God in us desiring to well up to that action becoming reality rather than our soul. Like in my, in my mind, I can say, okay, here's what the Bible says. I want to live this out, but I know that I'm incapable on my own Mm -hmm. without the spirit of God moving through me. Right. And so it's coming into alignment. So just for me, experientially, and you can take from that what you will, but experientially there's, the still small voice, right? That is, we know is the Lord. It's a, that existential voice that comes and, and guides your way. And so in a time of decision, I know, I know in my mind what's holy, but the spirit also knows what is perfectly holy for me to do in that situation. So in situation a, we have a decision to be holy or unholy mm-hmm. And so I believe that the Holy Spirit rises up in that moment and in a in the twinkle of an eye of, in a split second there's a there's an a knowing what is right and holy and you have a decision to make in your mind right. whether or not you're going to act out what what you've been prompted to do right, right. and still that still small voice you know what I mean mm-hmm. and so in those moments you know you know where God doesn't come in and say this is what you should do, yeah. you know, so loud. But uh-huh. often, you know, and what we were talking about the mm-hmm. other day is what is this satanic system around us, this culture, this society, this this governmental body, this this all the things around us, the technology, the music, the all these things that are so loud and so mm-hmm. stimulating. And, man, I believe that it's, it's built to... To speak, to, to try strength, to speak yeah. louder than God. Well, where do we find yeah. God? Well, where did Jesus find God? Man, he got away. He went to the silent places. He went to the wilderness. He went to these places intentionally to to get that to get that daily source that he needed. You know, and he got even away from his disciples and his friends. Man, hey, I have to spend time in the silence and the stillness where I know God is. And so, in those times of turmoil and the chaos and these things, you know, that are so that are waging war on your soul, right? So mm-hmm. loud. And so your circumstances speaking louder than God. So it seems. It happens so where, often. Where do you go? You know what I yeah. mean? And sometimes I think I make decisions in my life based based off of how I feel in the moment of the loudness of the of, of my circumstance yeah, rather than going to that, that small, that place, that silent place in my spirit to make my decisions mm-hmm. and to keep me grounded and to keep me wise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To keep me, that wisdom comes from that small place, that still small voice, the silence of where God resides in our, in our personal yeah, lives. In the silence. It's interesting that it's in, it's in that silence. Jesus said in, uh, in Matthew, I can't remember what chapter, but, um, he said, what I whisper in the dark, right? And he also said, um, what I, or what I tell you in the dark, proclaim in the light, what I whisper in your ear, proclaim from the rooftops, mm-hmm. And so he says, I'm going to tell you some things in the dark, in a dark place. I mean, he's not saying like go to a dark, like evil place, but he's saying go to a dark place where there's nothing going on. Dark, right? There's a kind of a a lacking of something there, Mm -hmm. 
you know, and I would just think maybe in in the in the middle of the night, right? What did uh, David said that I I meditate on your law and your I precepts? Flood, I flood my bed with tears. Yeah, at night, day and you know, night. Day so night. in the night in my bed, when everything is calmed down, nothing's on. People are asleep, right? It's just kind of in this place where there's stillness, stillness and peace, right? But he's saying what I whisper in your ear, and so in order to hear a whisper, you have to get away from the noise. Mm. Right, but too often I think in our churches and in, and even in our own lives we we get so and dude I am so guilty of this you know what I, mean? I really am of being so loud because of passion driven passion driven but 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 or not oriented right but and like a proverb you know it's all throughout proverbs man you'll know a fool by as many words you know what I mean and so I'm guilty of this sometimes by just ah you know and, and this regurgitation of information you know and, mm. but without that silence you know without without being put together right there secured and wise you know being wise in silence and wise with our words you know in the in the things that we say so yeah I'm, all, I'm always convicted of the of the silence like not getting into a place of silence mm-hmm. And I mean, even just getting into my car, man, just like the first thing I do is throw on the radio because mm-hmm. I want my mind to be stimulated by something. And, and I, the- I'm an information hog. Yeah. Man, I love information. I love reading books. I love listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, I love watching YouTube videos. I love reading articles. And I love listening to the radio talk shows. Like I want stimulation in my mind. But it's like, I mean... It's equivalent to eating a, a full meal and still being hungry mm-hmm. after you've just filled yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like not filling. Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's just sugar. It's sugar. <laughs> it's not yeah. sustaining. It's yeah, not. it burns up real quick and then it's gone and you're left tired and exhausted yep. and you still you need have a crash. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> have a crash and you need some sort of true Actual sustenance, sustenance yeah. yeah to to give you the energy that Which you is need like this morning i was like man i need something in my stomach before i before i digest this salt this sugary <laughs> beverage that i'm about you know oh the, my gosh my, i know that's my, the first thing mocha. i did was filled my body with caffeine well, right, and but sugar. i know but i know that but i know that if i if i fill it all with sugar in the morning dude i'm gonna feel like crap you know what i mean yeah. so this 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 sustenance versus sugar what you know going back to that yeah yep So I want to read again, just from Colossians three, that scripture gives us clear. I mean, it tells us what to do. And I just think that the biggest issue sometimes we run into, or the main issue we run into all the time (laughs) is coming into alignment and obedience with Mm -hmm. what the word says, but the word lays out what holiness looks like. Again, Jesus came full of grace and truth. He's fully set apart. He came to call a set apart people. He led the way. Um, but then he, he also discipled people, right? 12 guys into that life. We lost one, you know, Judas, he knew can't, that can't, would happen. Can't win it. Can't, can't win everything. Can't, can't, win, can't yeah, win them all. Exactly. But so he discipled people into that lifestyle, and I think that's a big deal, and that's a different topic. But you're discipled but into a, really, but it's not really a different topic. Discipled. You're disciple, you're discipled into a lifestyle of holiness. But di- disciple, you know, the disciples were separate. Man, what's the core word of disciple? Discipline. Discipline. You know, yeah. dis- disciplined to a teacher, right? To to the teachings of somebody and to dis- mm-hmm. discipline yourselves unto godliness and yeah. discipline yourselves unto righteousness. Discipline yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and that comes with that, 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 uh, 
sometimes it is a it is a drag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh gosh, what do, do I have to do? Do I have to pray? Do I have to fast? Do I have? You know, it gets it sometimes gets in the mundane things, yeah. but we don't see the benefits of the mundane mm-hmm. things until later on. Sometimes years after after mm-hmm. you know, I, I can remember seasons in my life where I was really disciplined, but then I didn't see the fruit of that discipline until time, months, and, yeah. and years. Well, later. think about the the disciples. The disciples were doing the work of the ministry. They, I mean, Jesus gave them the authority. Um, they, he gave them the authority to go and do the things that he called them to do. But he spent three years with them, teaching them the ways of the kingdom, right? And then the thing he says to them is go make disciples of all nations, baptizing, got it, right? But then teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. So Jesus spent those three years teaching them to obey and showing them how to obey everything that he'd commanded, and they were to go do that to others. Well, there was this major event called Pentecost where the Holy Spirit then comes and gives them everything they need. Again, the so the disciples function within the presence of Jesus, the Godhead in bodily form, right? And he was with them to, to take them through the time where they were learning to obey the commands and doing the ministry. But then Jesus said, I'm going to leave and I'm going to send you something better. The Holy spirit with you lo and behold, I'll be with you to the end of the ages. Yeah. He's with us in the presence of the form of the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit comes, takes his seat in the inner man of the disciples. And then the church is established on the earth as Jesus said he would. So then there's revelation. Yeah. And there's a, there's an establishment of the, the body of Christ through revelation of who Christ is, right? On this rock, I'll build my church. It's Mm -hmm. the profession of Christ. So then Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, which is the power that enables a man to live out a holy, sanctified life. And so I think oftentimes we forget so much about leaning on the Holy Spirit, on him, not it, not it, the Holy Spirit, on he, fellowship, right? And we get, I mean... Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we talk to we talk about God as though he's a person. We talk about Jesus as though he's a person. And sometimes we forget that the Holy Spirit is a person. I, I really think that the Holy Spirit is the relationship. You know, he is a person, but he is the relationship between all three, which the Holy Spirit that we have is the relationship with Jesus who had the relationship with the Father. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Why was Jesus so different? At that time when Jesus was walking, the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out, but he had the Holy Spirit in his life. That's mm-hmm. why he was separate. That's why, yeah. because can you, I, man, I, I imagine. Sometimes I'm like, man, what would it look like if we could go back five days before the Holy Spirit was poured out? What did it look like, or how do, how would people feel? Was it drudgery? Was it what you know? What was it like before the Spirit was poured out? And sometimes I think I think that we take for granted that we're living in the age of the Holy Spirit when He was poured out, you know. And yeah. so we don't know what it was like before. So I have the Holy Spirit, but in my life, right, He testifies that I'm a son of God. You yeah, know, he, 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 but. But what did that look like before that ever happened? You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just, a, uh, yeah, that's just, it's food just for something fun. to think about. <clears throat> so the disciples they get the Holy Spirit and they go. And again, we haven't even touched on this, but we're talking about holiness. <laughs> and now we're talking about the Holy Spirit, that it's holiness, set apartness, right? Being the people of God only happens by the Spirit. That's it. In us, yeah. and it's God that gives the Holy Spirit to us, and walking in the Spirit, walking of two ways, man. 
walking by the flesh, by the flesh, or walking in the spirit. Yeah, you could. You, and these, he's talking to believers when he says that, right? Mm-hmm. Which implies to me that you have two options: you can choose to walk in the spirit, or you can choose to, to walk, walk in the in flesh. Way. You know, yeah. it's not like he just takes us over and all of a sudden we're, we're holy robots. Well, you know, we have choice, and so we'll, the, and so in, in in conjunction with our choice is our choice to live with what has been provided, with to live and to access what is what is there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And to and or whether or not we're just going to live in our or go back to our be conformed to our ignorant ways right mm-hmm. to to walk in our ignorant ways to choose to walk in ignorance and i th- i do i really do think it's a choice i mean we're not puppets so to speak like i mean the spirit of god can impress on a man to move him to do something but ultimately it is your choice we decide but it's by God's grace that he's given us the Holy Spirit to move us in that direction. Right. Right. And so we recognize that you love me, Father, and I am your child. And so you are wooing me by your holiness to make decisions that are best for me and for your glory. And so where people might say, well, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be held down. I don't want to be you know, God is a dictator and you're just a robot and, or you're just a, a peon or a, an imp or a, and a pawn. That, and that's, and man, and this is what I, this is one of those things that I wanted to get into on this podcast in this part, which was, you know, by and large, I think Christians are responsible for the way that people look at us now. And we have seriously, I think, undermined the work of the spirits in our, is the spirit in our life. And we have created an animosity from the world towards us. And I know that, you know, the world, you know, they're, they're gonna not, hate they're us. not, yeah, they're going to, they're going to hate you. Hate you know us, what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't, you know, shouldn't we be like, shouldn't people look at us and say, gosh, man, you can't outgive a Christian. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I know yeah. people that are generous, but man, you know, Casey is so. I'm just using myself. I'm not sure. I'm not giving. I'm just saying, man. You know, Casey is so giving. You cannot outgive that guy. Gosh, Casey is so uh, uh, loving. He'll do anything for you. You can't. And I had never found anybody like that before in my life. That's is that not the way? because we're peculiar people, right? And it's that peculiarity. Mm-hmm. It causes questions. It causes yeah. questions. And Paul says, you know, be ready to give reason for the hope that is in you. And so the hope that is in you. So when people look at us and they see the peculiarity, they should see the hope. And they're going to ask about the hope. They're not going to ask about, oh, why are you such a good person? Why is this and this and that? Man, they're going to look at you. They should anyway. Yeah. Look at me and say, man, can I can I get together with you? Because i got to ask you a few questions. Yeah, man, what's up? Dude, why are you so full of hope? Why are you so full of, cause I don't have hope in my life. And mm-hmm. I think that there are a lot of people, gosh, and this is where it gets like what we were saying today, man, with true knowledge always comes the accusation of pride. Like, mm-hmm. you know, truth always comes the accusation of pride. Right. And yeah. so when you say things like this, people are going to get all up in arms about it, but, but the world is lost. They're yeah. blinded. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they see a false hope. They say, Oh, well, I have hope in my life. Well, I have well, not true hope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we should be demonstrating a hope in our lives, right? Yeah. Leaning on the Holy Spirit. Gosh, you know, with that gratitude and that, man, I know the day is coming. You know what I mean? And I know that through all this mess, you know, and all this insanity and all this, you know, 
election and all you know this this mm-hmm. past election cycle and all this insanity in America and all this insanity all over the world. I know that there's a hope at the end of it, right? And that's yeah. the hope we should be able to give reason for that. But how can people see that if we're not letting that shine through? Right? Hey, yeah. let your well, light, we, let your light let, shine yeah. before men. Like a I mean, I have to be the first to admit, like that even on a daily basis, I'm. I am grossly aware of my shortcomings <laughs> too, and my man. faults. <laughs> and, and on a daily basis, I, I recognize the war that is within me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I am very easily disgruntled. Mm-hmm. I am very easily inconvenienced. I am very easily annoyed and frustrated. And so that there's a war that happens within me. And, but I think, here, here's what I think about where we're at at this, this juncture in time and even in my my season of life and in the lives of people around me, I see that God is working on the heart of man. I mean, he is. And it's not to say that he hasn't been, but it's so obvious that we all desire holiness. We all desire to be set apart. We want to love. We want to care. We, we want to do the things that Jesus did. We want to be the church that is the change agent for the world. And we want to live that out. And we want to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us and do these things. And so I think that we're in a time of, and I just, <laughs> this is a terrible illustration, but I'm going to do it. You ever eat a, a fruit roll up? Right. And so what happens when you open a fruit roll up, you tear open the little package and you pull it out and then it's got that thin film that's stuck yeah. to the, you know, jelly like fruit roll up substance. And then you take an edge and you just peel it away. Right. And so what I think that that God is doing is I think that we still have that film of the flesh. We still have that film of sin and self attached to us and i think what god is doing to his church is he's begun to grab the the edge and he's beginning to peel away all of the things that we have clung to as a church and we look and think and sound like an unsaved people exactly and so in scripture it it paints us a, a really beautiful picture therefore as god's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourself so now he's saying we need to put on. So earlier in Colossians, he says, therefore, put to death. So put off these things. And then there's a putting on. So there's a peeling off and a putting on. Right. And so what God is in the business of doing is taking us away from the old and bringing us into the new. Right. So, again, we have been sanctified. We are seated with Christ, but we are being sanctified. And so he tells us um, that we should clothe ourselves with compassion with kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. We bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you is a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, mm. which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so what does a holy people look like? It's a people of compassion and kindness and humility, gentleness and patience, forgiveness and love. Clothe yourselves in righteousness. And clothing ourselves well, with these the things. What's the righteousness of God? Jesus, man. It's literally putting, putting on, on Christ. Putting and so on. what does that bring Paul us back talk to? About that? Paul talks about that too. Hey, put put on the new self, right? Mm-hmm. The new self, which is the self 
realized in Christ. Not my self-realization with a, with a hint of Christ on it, but my identity as it is found in Christ, right? Yeah. And so what we were talking about and what, you, what, I think you're, what, what I think you're getting at for the church right now is there's an awakening going on, yeah. right? There's an awakening. And here in Ephesians 5, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise mm-hmm. from the dead, and Christ will shine on you, yeah. man. And so what we're seeing is our mind, man, we know, gosh, man, this is not right. There's something missing. There's something yeah. not, you know, there's a, disp- like we said, discrepancies, there's disparity between what I see here and what's going on in the church and there's a huge yeah. awakening man where people are rising up and they're start, finally starting to realize man wait what, hold on a second man what's going on here and there's an awakening happening and when that yeah. happens awake oh sleeper rise you know and Christ will shine on you right well everything that's illuminated becomes a light let your light shine before mm-hmm. men. The light mm-hmm. of Christ as you awaken. When that mm-hmm. awakening happens, and it is happening, you know, when you awake here in the morning, you're like, oh, God, what? <laughs> oh, wait, where am I at? Like this morning, I was in such a deep dream. I woke up and I literally didn't know where I was at. Didn't you know, know what I mean? I was like, I was like, where, where am I at? And I'd roll over my wife's next to me. Oh, I'm at home. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And then that process of awakening, you know, we got to get up, you got to get your blood circulating, you got to get movement, right? You so you have the crud out right, of your you eyes. You got to get the crud out yeah. of your eyes so you can see clearly. Sure. And, you know, yeah. and so that process. Of awake. You don't just yeah. awake and go, oh, well, time for the day and head time out the to door. Go. You got to get prepared once yeah. you get awake, you know, when you, when you, when you become awake. So, yeah, uh, we're just, so uh, what I, what I, what I want to bring to you guys at the end of this is that you just made a really good point about putting on Christ. So to achieve holiness, right? We said, well, how do we do this to achieve holiness? We don't work harder. We don't strive Right? What do we do? We put on Christ. You actually work less. <laughs> you know? How do we how do we put on Christ? It's relationship with Jesus. I mean, that's really what it is. And so I think that our desire for holiness and our desire to to live these things out, it's not to be a burden that crushes us. It's to be a motivation that brings us into deeper relationship with God the Father, with Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit. And that's what it's all about. And it and and to 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 further expound upon that just real quickly it's you know it's it's the affliction that causes the seeking without the affliction there would be no seeking of god mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so the affliction is a good thing these feelings inside of us of ah, man just something is not right that's the holy spirit in us yeah. driving us to to that to the putting on the new self and, yeah. you know and and the seeking of god and when you seek him Mm-hmm. Baby, you, you find, find him. Man. That's right. <laughs> so, so here's here's a very important thing, and we'll just say this to close: is that, um, you know, there there are sermons that I listen to that make me feel like I can do better. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, well, let's if you just do these five things, you know, and and I hear stories about people who have good hearts and stories about people who evangelize and who pray for people. And I think I want to do that. And then I think to myself, like, I can do this. I have hope to do this. And then I want to go out and I want to do it. And that's good to be motivated. But oftentimes I find that the motivation is self saying I can do this rather than saying I can't do this and I need the Lord. And so a good sermon and a good podcast, I hope, will lead you at the end to saying I want to be I want to be holy. I want to do that. But the only way I'm going to do that is if I seek Jesus more. So I'm not saying go be holy. I'm saying go seek the Lord, seek the Lord. to be your source of holiness in this world. Right. We want to point you to Christ. And, Every, to let, and to let go of what you think you know. 
You know what I mean? What you think that you know and to literally let the revelation of the Holy Spirit come through into your life to try to forget the past and even, you know, just, just to get to a place where nothing else matters, right? This stillness, this quiet place, Mm -hmm. seek the Lord and let him reveal himself to you. Because once he, just like all throughout the Bible, whenever he revealed himself to somebody, they gave him a new name and he'll have, Mm. he'll have a new name in your life once he reveals himself to you. And that, and that new name will provide you like a, a, just a new understanding of who he is and let your life be driven by that understanding of who he is. Yeah. It's, it's by your name that people know you and attribute Mm. certain things to you. And he gives you a new name it means you have a there's a new way about you there's again holiness there's a new reality a new reality yeah so man we uh we hope that you guys are blessed and i'm blessed i just i just always think gosh i need jesus yeah i mean that that's where my heart goes man i want to be holy but man i i need jesus and i want i want jesus he did it he did it he did it (laughs) he did it he did it it perfectly so I'm, I'm sure there's so many other, other places we could have gone with this, but, man, I just thank God that he led us in the way that we did. And so thank you guys for listening, and we'll do it again sometime soon. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs>